Section 23 of Little Journeys to the Homes of Great Lovers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Little Journeys to the Homes of Great Lovers by Albert Hubbard. Ferdinand LaSalle and Helene von Donegies, Part 2. Act 3. Scene a bedroom in the Metropolitan Hotel, Berlin. LaSalle in shirt sleeves, putting on his collar before the mirror. Jacques standing by, brushing his coat. LaSalle wrestling with unruly collar button. Yes, that is the coat, a long, plain, priestly coat. Gaily, half to himself and half to valet. You see, I'm going on a delicate errand, and I must not fail. They say... You never failed in anything. Which is not saying that I might not fail in the future. Impossible. Now, today, I'm going to call on a man who hates me, who totally misunderstands me, and my task is to convince him, without mentioning the subject, that I am a gentleman. In fact... A knock at the door. In fact... Answer that, please, Jacques to convince him that a man may be earnest and honest in his efforts for human betterment, and that... Jacques, to porter at door. The master, Hella Saul, is dressing. I will give him her card. She says she knows him, and demands admittance. She will give neither her name nor her card. Hella Saul cannot receive her here. Patience, I will tell him and he will see her in half an hour in the parlor. Enter Helene, pauses breathlessly on the threshold, then pushes past the porter. The valet confronts her with arms outstretched to stay her entering. Ferdinand, I... I'm here. LaSalle turns and stares, surprised, overcome, joyous, seizes the valet by the shoulder and pushes him out of the door, bowling over the porter who blocks the entrance. LaSalle and Helene face each other, he is about to take her in his arms. She backs away. Not yet, dear, not yet. She sinks into a chair in great confusion, struggling for breath. LaSalle, leaning over her tenderly. Tell me what has happened. The worst. You mean? That I told my father and mother. And they? Renounced me, cursed me, called me vile names, threatened me. They said you are... <laughs> A Jew and a demagogue. Would to God they had used terms so mild. Did they attack my honor, my personal character? Why ask me? What they said is nothing. They are furious, blind with rage. I escaped to save my life, and I'm here. LaSalle, coolly taking his seat in a chair opposite her. Yes, you are here. That is irrefutable. You are here. Now we must consider the situation and then decide on what to do. First, let me ask you how you came to mention me to them. Is it necessary that we should enter into details? Pardon me, I am so sick with fear and humiliation. When I reached home, I found the whole household joyous over the news of my sister's betrothal to Count Kaiserling. They are to be married in June. I thought it a good time to tell my own joy. You see... I hesitated about your coming to our home in a false position, you and I meeting as if we had never met. 
I told my sister first. She was grieved, but satisfied, since it was my will. She kissed me in blessing. I'm an honest woman, Ferdinand. That is, I want to be honest. I scorn a lie. My prayer is to leave every prevarication behind. So I told my mother of you, knowing, of course, there would be a storm, but never guessing the violence of it. She called in my father and cried, Your daughter has been debauched by a Jew. I resented the insult and tried to explain. I upheld you. My father seized the bread-knife from the table and brandished it over me, trying to make me swear never to see you. I refused. He choked me and called me a harlot. To save my life, I promised never again to see you. Their violence abated, and when their vigilance relaxed, I escaped and came here. Here! Holds out her arms toward him, and cowers into her seat as she sees he does not respond. Yes, you are here. Do you not see? I have come to you. LaSalle, musingly. I see. Yes, and in doing this, I have burned my bridges. I can never go back. I have broken my promise with them, for you. They are no longer my parents. The Paris Express goes in half an hour. You studied the timetable? Helene, trying to smile. Yes, I calculated the time. To be caught here is death to me and prison to you. In this town my father is supreme. The law is construed as he devises. Safety for us lies in flight. But my belongings... Your valet can attend to them. And I run away, flee? Helene, trying to be gay. Yes, with me. LaSalle, exasperatingly cool. It would be the first time I ever run away from danger. If you remain here, you may never have another chance. You mean that your father, or that little prince, Yanko, may do me violence? No one can tell what my father may do in his present state of mind. Then I will remain and see. Helene, in agony. We are wasting time. Do you understand that as soon as my absence is discovered, they will hunt for me? Even now the police may be notified. Let cowards and criminals run. We have done nothing of which we need be ashamed. Surely not, but what more can I say? Oh, Ferdinand, my Ferdinand. Listen to me. Knocking is heard at the door. She involuntarily moves toward him for protection. He enfolds her in his arms just an instant. More knocking and louder. LaSalle tenderly puts her away from him and goes to the door, opens it. The landlord stands there with the porter behind him. Landlord, entering. You will pardon me, Herr LaSalle, but the mother and sister of the Fraulein are in the parlor below. They had spies follow her. It is all a misunderstanding, I know, but the young lady should, you will pardon me both, should not be here with you. She will have to go. I declared to her mother that she was not here. The porter told her otherwise. The police are at the entrance, and you understand I cannot afford to have a scene. Will the Fraulein be so good as to go below and meet her mother? My mother? I have no mother. You will excuse me if I insist. LaSalle starts toward the landlord as if he would throttle him, then bethinks himself and smiles. Certainly, kind sir, she will go, and I will go with her. 
we will excuse you now puts hands on shoulder and half pushes landlord out of the door closes door helene in terror what shall i do do why there's only one thing to do meet your mother and sister i will go too adjusts his collar and puts on his vest and coat there i'm ready we go you do not know them it is death nonsense have i not addressed a mob and one do you trust me kisses her on the forehead and putting his arm around her leads her to the door helene in agony striving to be calm i i trust you to whom can i turn exeunt act four scene the hotel parlor hilda sister of helene hanging dejectedly out of window Frau von Donnegis, standing statue-like in the center of room. Two hotel porters making pretense of dusting furniture. Enter LaSalle with Helene on his arm. LaSalle to Helene. Courage, my dear courage. Bows to Frau von Donnegis, who is unconscious of his presence. LaSalle and Helene hesitate and look at each other nervously. Helene clutches LaSalle's arm to keep from falling. They both move slowly around the statuesque Frau. The Frau suddenly perceives them, turns, and glares. Away with that man. I will not allow him to remain in this room. LaSalle, bowing with hand on heart. Surely, madame, you do not know me. Will you not allow me to speak, to explain? Away, I say. Out of my sight. Be gone, you craven coward. You thief. These are new epithets to LaSalle. He is used to being called a Jew, a fanatic, a dangerous demagogue something half-complimentary. But there is no alloy in coward, thief. He looks at Helene as if to receive reassurance that he hears aright. Come, you see it is as I told you. Reason in her is dead. Let us go. LaSalle, loosening Helene's hold upon his arm and stepping toward the frau. Madame, you have availed yourself of a woman's privilege and used language toward me, which men never use toward each other unless they court death. I say no more to you, preferring now to speak to your husband. Yes, you speak to my husband, and he will give you what you deserve. LaSalle, changing his tactics. Your husband is a gentleman I trust, and you are the mother of the lady I love, so I will resent nothing you say. You speak only in a passion, and not from your heart. I resent nothing. A man spotted with every vice says he loves my daughter? Your love is pollution. My ears are closed to you. You may stand and grimace and insult me, but I hear you not. Go. Very well. I will go and see Helene's father. Men may dislike each other. They may be enemies, but they do not spit on each other. If they fight, they fight courteously. I will see Helene's father. He will at least hear me. You enter his house, and the servants will throw your vile body into the street. I have written him that I will call. Your letter was cast into the garbage unopened. LaSalle stung. It may be possible, madame, for you to wear out my patience. You have already succeeded in wearing out mine. Helene, in agony, wringing her hands. Hopeless, Ferdinand, you see it is hopeless. LaSalle, aside to Helene. Her outbreak will pass in a moment. You have ruined the reputation of my family, stolen my child. You, who are known over an empire for your dealings with women. Helene, joining in the fray in shrill excitement false he did not steal me i went to him unasked 
You who call yourself my mother, how dare you traduce me so, you who bore me? I fled from you to save my life, to escape your tortures, you killed my love. I am La Salle's because I love him. He understands me, you do not. When you abuse him, you abuse me. When you trample on him, you trample on me. I now choose life with him in preference to perdition with you. I follow him. I am his. I glory in him. Now! Helene turns to LaSalle in triumph, believing, of course, that after she has just avowed herself, they will stand together, he and she. LaSalle, calmly. Well spoken, Helene. And now tell me, will you make a sacrifice, a temporary sacrifice for me? Helene, looking straight at him in absolute faith. Yes, command me. Go home with your mother. Anything but that. Yes, that is what I ask. Helene, writhing in awful pain. You will not ask of me the impossible. No, but this you can do. Your going will soften them. We will win them. Go with them. Do this for me. I leave you here. Backs away and goes out, bowing low and very calm. Helene sinks into a chair, crushed in spirit, wrenched, mangled. Hilda von Donegis comes forward and caresses the drooping head of her sister. Bear up, Hélène, my sister. We are your friends. Our home is yours, no matter what you've done. We forgive it all. Our home is still yours. Bear up. He's gone. Now come with us. Helene merely moans. Frau von Donegis, in Amazonian flush of success. No more of this foolishness. No more of it, I say. He is gone. I knew he could not withstand my plain-spoken truths. He could not look me in the eye. You heard me, Hilda. He could not answer. He dare not. Come, Helen. Shakes her by the shoulder. Commotion is heard outside. Landlord, entering by backing into the room, striving by tongue and hands to calm someone outside. Be calm, kind sir. I am innocent in this matter. The ladies are here, here in the parlor. The man is gone. He never was here. In fact, he left before he came. Be calm. I keep a respectable house. The police will raid the place, I fear. Be calm, and I will explain all. Herr von Donegis, purple with rage, big, prosperous, brandishing cudgel. The Jew! Show me the Jew who seduced my daughter! Show him to me, I say! That corrupt scum of society, the man who broke into my house and stole my daughter. Waves his cane and smites the air. Where is that infidel Jew? Now, do not be a fool. I sent the Jew on his way. It was not necessary that you should follow. I can take care of this little matter. Oh, so you protect her, do you? You side with her. You are party to her undoing, and has the Jew seduced you too? Where is he, I say? You seem to be deaf. This man who has ruined my home, he is the man I want, not your apologies. The girl is my daughter, I say. Suddenly sees Helene crouching in a chair, her face between her knees. Oh, so you are here, my pretty miss, you who brought ruin on your father's house. 
puts one foot against chair and overturns it, kicks at prostrate form of Helene, then, seizing her by the hair, drags her across the room, striking her face with his open hands. The mother, daughter, and landlord try to restrain his fury. You will kill her. She has brought it on herself. But stop. It is enough. Herr von Donegis, half frightened at his own violence, reaching into his pocket, brings out purse and throws it at feet of landlord. Not a word about this. Trust me, you will tell of it first. Is there a carriage at the door? Yes. If anyone asks, tell them my daughter is insane, a maniac, and a little force was necessary, you understand? I understand. Here, we must carry her out. Tears down curtains from windows and rolls Helene in the curtains. You must pay for those. Name the amount. Why, they cost me. Never mind. Charge them to the Jew. Here, help carry her. This daughter who has ruined me. You act like a man who might do the task of ruining yourself. Helene starts to rise. Her father fells her to the floor with the flat of his hand, seizes her, and with the help of the mother and landlord carries her out. Exit, with Hilda following behind, mildly wringing her hands. Oh, why did she bring this disgrace upon us? Act 5. Scene. Room in house of Herr von Donegis. Furnishings are rich and old-fashioned, as becomes the house of a collector of revenue. Helene pacing the room, talking to maid-servant, who sits quietly sewing. There's only a week since I saw LaSalle. Only a week. Yet my poor head says it is a year, and my heart says a lifetime. For six days my father kept me locked in that little room in the tower, where not even you were allowed to enter. The butler silently pushed food in at the door, and silently went away. Once each day at exactly noon my father came and solemnly asked, Do you renounce LaSalle? And I as solemnly answered, I will yet be the wife of LaSalle. But since yesterday, when I wrote the letter at their dictation to LaSalle, telling him that he was free, and that I was soon to marry Prince Jan Korakowitz, I feel a load lifted from my heart. How queer! Perhaps it is because I am relieved of the pressure of my parents, and have been given my freedom. Not quite freedom, for see, there is a guard pacing back and forth at the door. Guard is seen through the window, pacing his beat. Oh, freedom is only comparative. But now you are with me. I needed someone to whom I could talk. Yet I did not renounce LaSalle until he failed to rescue me. He did not even answer my letter. Possibly he did not receive it. But you bribed the porter. True, but someone may have paid him more. Listen, do you still think it possible that LaSalle has not forgotten me? Not only possible, but probable. A man of his intellect would guess that the letter you wrote was forced from you. A lawyer surely would understand that for things done in terrorum one is not responsible. Now see what I am doing. Yesterday I hoped never again to see LaSalle, and now I am planning and praying he will come to me. Your heart is with LaSalle? It seems so. Then God will bring it about, and you shall be united. Enter Servant. 
Prince Rakowitsa. Enter Prince Rakowitsa. The prince is small, dark, dapper, unobjectionable. He is much agitated. Helene holds out her hand to him in a friendly but non-committal, discreet way. Maid starts to go. Prince to maid. Do not leave the room. I have serious news, and your mistress may need your services when I tell her what I have to say. Helene, relieved by the thought that the prince is about to renounce all claims to one so caught in the web of scandal. You will remain with me, Elizabeth. I may need you. And now, Prince Yanko, I am steeled. Tries to smile. Give me the worst. The prince making passes in the air, tierce and thrust with his cane at an imaginary foe. I say, dear prince, tell me the worst. I think I can bear it. Helene is almost amused by the sight of the semi-comic opera buff prince. Tell me the worst. LaSalle has challenged your father. Helene, blanching. LaSalle has challenged my father. To the death. Aiming with his cane at a piece of statuary in the corner. One, two, three, fire! It is not so. LaSalle is opposed to the code on principle. There are no principles in time of war. Are you ready, gentlemen? One, two, three! Helene, contemptuously. Why do you not fight him? Is there no way, gentlemen, by which this unfortunate affair can be arranged? If not... You did not hear me. Oh, yes, I heard you. And I'm to fight him at sunrise. Your father turned the challenge over to me. To you? And your father has fled to Paris. It is a serious thing to be a party to a duel in Germany. A sure enough duel. But you are not a swordsman, nor have you ever shot a pistol. You told me so once. But I have been practicing at the shooting gallery for two hours. The keeper there says I am a wonderful shot. I had a plaster of Paris rabbit seven times in succession. Helene is excited. Her thought is that LaSalle, being a sure shot and a brave man, will surely kill the prince. This will eliminate one factor in the tangle. LaSalle, having killed his man, will have to flee. The government only tolerates him now. And she will flee with him. Her father in Paris, the prince dead, exile for LaSalle, the way lubricated by the gods. Good. Yes. Fight him! Kill him! I will fight him at sunrise. At once after the meeting, I will drive directly here. If I am unhurt, we will fly, you and I, for Paris to meet your father. If I am wounded, the carriage will come with the horses walking. If I am dead, the horses will be on a run. If I am unharmed, the horses will simply trot, and— Helene, who knows that LaSalle will kill the prince, hysterically— Will trot! Good! And now goodbye! Goodbye! Kisses him explosively and backs him out of the door. Exit Prince. Helene in ecstasy. LaSalle will kill him. I'm afraid he will. And this will make us free, free. It will exile you. And since this home is a prison, exile would be paradise. Act 6. Scene. Same as Act 5. Time. One day later. Very early in the morning, Helene and Maid in traveling costume. Small valises and rugs rolled and strapped on center table. You gave my letter to Dr. Henley himself, into his own hands. Into his own hands? Then there was no mistake. I told LaSalle I would meet him at the station at seven o'clock. Only half an hour yet to spare. We will catch the Switzerland Express. LaSalle will have to go, 
This affair means exile for him, but for us to be exiled together will be heaven. Now this is a pivotal point. We must be calm. Surely you are calm. Yet I did not sleep a moment all the night. Probably LaSalle did not either. Did you hear a carriage? Maid, peering out of window. Only a wagon. Listen. I hear the sound of horses. Running? They are running. My God. Yes, they come closer. They are running. Oh, thank heaven, thank heaven, the prince is dead. I am both sorry and glad. There. They are turning this way. There. The carriage stops at the door. Dead. The prince is dead. Now in the excitement that will follow the carrying in of the body, we will escape. We can walk to the station in ten minutes. That gives us ten minutes to spare. Here, you take the rug in this valise. I will take the other. We will find a street porter at the corner, or a carriage. Do not open the door until I tell you. Door bursts open, and Prince Yanko half tumbles in. I am unharmed. Congratulate me. I am unharmed. Opens arms to embrace Helene, who backs away. And LaSalle? LaSalle? Where is LaSalle? He is dead. I killed him. You killed LaSalle? Greatest man in Europe, you killed him! He fell at the first fire. Congratulate me! You lie! LaSalle is not dead! Away! Away! I scorn you, loathe you, away! The sight of you burns my eyeballs! The murderer of LaSalle, away! Helene crouches in a corner. Prince stands stiff, amazed. The man, with valises in one hand and rug in shawl strap, looks on with lackluster eye, frozen by indecision. Note. Helene von Donegis married Prince Rakatvitsa three weeks after the death of LaSalle. The prince died two years later. Princess Helene committed suicide at Munich, March 26, 1912, aged 67 years. These facts are of such a dull, slaty gray, and so lacking in dramatic interest that they are omitted from the play. End of section 23.